Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Lord, as we come before you tonight to sit at your feet, to hear you speak your word, to hear your word touch us and may the ministry of the Holy Spirit have full sway. Father Almighty God, we thank you for everybody that has joined and will join. And we pray specifically for those that are joining via the podcast or they are listening to this back. And we ask, oh Lord, that they may be as blessed as we will be spending time in your presence. Holy Spirit, take absolute control. Lord, there's an excitement tonight, and we just want to celebrate you. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you will do and all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, tonight we are um, we're going to start. We've got heart number four to look at, and that's a very interesting one. Um, and I want you to keep this in mind. And so heart number four, we're, we're looking at the healing and heart number four. And I'll, I'll read in Mark four and I'll read Jesus's explanation of the parable of the sower for, um, for brevity. So I'll, I'll just pick it up where Jesus starts um, to explain it. That's at Mark. Um, actually, no, I'll, I'll read from Mark four, verse one, just to give us context, just in case somebody's here for the first time. Um, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Actually, tonight, we have read it many times in the King James Version of the Bible. I'll read from the Bible in basic English, but I will teach from the King James Version of the Bible. And again, he was teaching by the seaside, and a very great number of people had come to him so that, um, so that he got into a boat on the sea and took his seat, and all the people were on the land by the seaside. And he gave them teaching about a number of things in the form of stories. And he said to them in his teaching, give ear. A man went out to put seed in the earth. And while he was doing it, some was dropped by the wayside and the birds came and took it for food. And some went on the stones where it had not much earth. And it came up straight away because the earth was not deep. And when the sun was high, it was burned. And because it had no root, it became dry and dead. Verse 7. And some went among, thorn, among the thorns, and the thorns came up, and it had no room for growth, and it and gave no fruit. And some falling on good earth gave fruit coming up and increasing, giving 30, 60, and 100 times as much. Verse 9. And he said to them, whoever has ears, let him give ear. And when he was by himself, those who were around him with the 12 put questions to him about the purpose of the stories. And he said to them, to you is given the secret of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things are given in the form of stories. So that seeing they may see, and it will not be clear to them. And hearing, they will not get the sense for fear that they may be turned again to me and have forgiveness. And he said to them, if you are not clear about this story, how will you be clear about the others? Verse 14. The seed is the word. 
And these are they by the wayside where the word is planted. And when they have given ear, the evil one comes straight away and takes away the word which has been planted in them. And in the same way, these are they who are planted in the stones, who, when the word has come to their ears, straight away they take it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but go on for a time. Then when trouble comes or pain, because of the word, they quickly become full of doubts. Verse 18, and others are those planted among the thorns, though these are they who have given ear to the word and the cares of this life and the deceits of wealth and the desire for other things coming in, put a stop to the growth of the word and it gives no fruit. Verse 20, and this will be our focus for today, ladies and gentlemen. And it's also the end of Jesus's explanation in that particular place. Verse 20, and these are they who are planted on the good earth, such as give ear to the word, and take it into their hearts and give fruit 30 and 60 and a hundred times as much. So that's the story that we're looking at. That's Mark 4, reading from verses 1 to 20. And we're looking at repairing your boat and we're focusing on the heart, which is what we're focusing on in Jesus' house right now. It's a wonderful um, series that Pastor Agu has led us on. Absolutely great series. And, and we're grateful for, for that. And so tonight, what we're looking at, last week, we looked at the thorny heart and we looked at how to heal a thorny heart. And, and I'm glad it blessed you. Tonight, we're looking at a, the heart that is referred to as good ground. And you may say that, well, there's nothing to heal. It works. And I, and I, I do agree with you but that doesn't mean it can't get better. And so what we want to understand is, so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And we're focusing on verse 20 and verse 20. And I'll stay in the Bible in basic English um, for now. And the Bible, and this is what Jesus said. And so we're, we're starting in verse 20. And Jesus said, and these are they who are planted on the good earth, such as give ear to the word and take it into their hearts and give fruit 30 and 60 and a hundred times as much. So pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus said, when we're talking about good ground, notice the result of the word of God falling into good ground is a harvest. That means that which the father intended, because if you look at verse 14, the Bible says the following in verse 14, the Bible said the seed is the word. That means when God gives you a promise or brings his word to life, speaks a word of prophecy over your life or into your life, he has a harvest in mind. The Bible says the characteristic of good ground is that the seed becomes the harvest. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize tonight that, and we've said this and I'll say it again, I, I'll, I'll, we'll come back to this. When God gives you a word, let's come to a conclusion. Whether you agree with it or not, God gives you a word, a promise, an assurance, and he wants to bless you. And that's, the, and that's what we want to realize when God wants to transfer something from him 
to you and I, he does so through his word. This is one of the important elements of having a healthy heart because without a healthy heart, the words or the promises that God gives you do not bring the desired harvest. Now that can create a very frustrated, very troubled journey of being a Christian because it's like, well, it, the, then you hear arguments, well, it doesn't work. That's what we're trying to get through to today about that if your heart is healed, and there are many things we have to say on this subject, if your heart is healed and your heart is right, the Bible, believing in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, faith in the Lord and faith in the word works. It works. And so we realize a characteristic of good ground is that the word works. But I want you to notice, and this is the beautiful thing about a Bible study, we can dig in a little deeper than we, we may do on, um, on a Sunday. And so let's have a look at something that I want you to notice, and it's this. The first thing I want you to notice about um, good ground is this. Jesus said, those who were planted, the word goes through three stages. He said, they give ear to the word. That means they hear the word. The, the Bible says they take it into their heart. I'm still using the Bible in basic English. I'm going to switch to the King James in a moment. The Bible says they take it into their heart. And the third thing is they give fruit. And so this is what I want you to notice. Look at the three types of heart that Jesus has already spoken about. Each one of those steps breaks down. So when God gives you, notice the wayside heart, they don't receive it. The stony heart, they don't receive it fully. Jesus said they have no roots. The thorny heart is that it does not come to fruition. That means when God gives you a word, the promise will go through all of those stages now why are we talking about that the reason we want to to say that is when you receive the word even in a good heart the word will go through all the previous three stages and that's what i want you to hold on to so that you will have to the word will go through the stages of hearing that means being able to process god's word into an action the bible says in romans 10 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so we realize when the bible says hear or the bible says give ear to the word that means they hear it and they process it into an action and so that's really important and so we understand that's function number one of a good heart you are able to process what you hear into and action. You're able to process it. So, and we've said this before, and I'll say here before we move on, is how do you approach the word of God? Great pattern. Read, study, meditate, confess, and act on. And so a good heart does that repetitively. So that's the first thing. The second thing we realize is they receive it. They receive it into their hearts. And we, we find 
when we say receive it, that means they make it becomes a part of them. But and so let me give you a very um, an example of where that is. So Proverbs chapter four. I'm going to go quite quickly. Proverbs 4, 20, 20 to 23. We've gone through these before and, I, and I'm happy to go through them again. This is what the Bible says. My son, give attention to my words. Let your ear be turned to my sayings. Let them not go from your eyes. Keep them deep in your heart. Then the Bible says, for they are life to him who gets them and strength to all his flesh. Stage one is to hear. Stage two is to receive. When you know something by heart, notice you can do it almost by, you've built a habit around it. And that, that's a nice way to put it. You've built a habit around it. So you it becomes habitual. It's something you do, not necessarily thinking, but whenever the Lord nudges you to do something, the Lord you just go ahead and do it. It's become a habit. It's become a part of you. And the Bible says, for they are life to him who gets them and strength to all his flesh. And verse 23 is, is, is a really important verse in this season of our, of our study. And it's keep watch over your heart with all care. And the Bible in basically says, so you will have life. So we realize this is life is the outcome. The third thing we wanted you to realize, if I go back to Mark at verse 20 the third thing we wanted to realize as you go through the bible says they they give fruit you allow it to bear fruit and ladies and gentlemen that's going to be an important part of our study tonight the word not only do they hear it so it becomes an action not only do they receive it so a habit is built around it but it, be, it bears fruit, literally. And bearing fruit is so important when it comes to having the word in a good heart. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 7.14. We'll pause and take our declaration, and then we'll come back to our study. Oh, Lord, we are your people. Call by your name. We humble ourselves, and we pray, and we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways, Lord. Hear from heaven. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. We declare that our land is healed. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, so we realize that the Bible speaks of bearing fruit, and we're going to talk about that in detail. So what I wanted you to realize as we start our study is this the word goes through all the stages previously all the three stages i wanted you to know that so that you can be aware that the word or the promise you are holding on to is going through those stages it's very important so you realize that as the word goes through those stages that's the only time it's at risk the only time it is at risk. Please turn in your Bibles, and I'm, I'm going to switch. Please turn in your Bibles to John 10.10. 10. The Bible says the following, the thief cometh not but for to steal, 
to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So ladies and gentlemen, notice, Jesus said, the word that succeeds in a good heart goes through all the three previous stages. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, that it's only while the word is going through those stages is it at risk of not coming to pass. Notice what the Bible says about Satan's mission. And then we'll also look very closely at Jesus's mission. The Bible says the thief, that Satan, cometh not but for to steal. Step one. Notice that's what happens at the wayside heart. Kill. Cause something to stop having any life. That's what happens in the rocky heart. And destroy means stop something coming to full maturity. That's what happens in the thorny heart. So, ladies and gentlemen, why did I want to explain? The word of God, even though we're talking about a good heart, it does go through the previous three stages. But listen to what Jesus said. And Jesus said, this is his mission. And this is the outcome of the word of God. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Please understand something about Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says in John 1, 1, that Jesus Christ is the word of God. So when the Bible says the sower sows the word, he's sending to you all that Jesus has won on your behalf, all that Jesus is, all that Jesus has had conferred on him. And Jesus said the outcome of his presence, the outcome of the promises, the outcome of the word is this, that you might have life and life more abundant. That means not that you will eke out a living, but God will give you an abundance of life. Life will take on God's characteristics. And I pray that over somebody's life. And I really speak that, and I'm being very careful to, to make this clear. Please remember that as you go through what may be described as the difficult days ahead. Things might be described, and I say this carefully, things might be described as a drought. The word has come that you might have life and life more abundant. What God promises will break through your circumstances and come to pass. And so this is important when you're thinking about a good heart. The word goes through those three stages. It's worth the effort of holding on to the word of God so that life, and then the Bible says, life more abundant will come into your life. And so we wanted you to realize, I, I, I wanted you to realize that as we start tonight, that's the first thing we wanted to talk about. So Jesus said it. He said the word goes through those four stages. Now, what I also want to talk about is this. The condition, let's talk about the condition of the heart. It's called a good heart. Now, let's keep this in mind. 
when Jesus says this is good ground, notice he says something at the end. He says there is a harvest, but do you notice that he gives three types of harvest? 30 and 60 and 100 times as much. And I want you to please remember that there's, it, there's a progressive blessing when you hold on to the word of God. It gets better and better and better and better. And so what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, is a good heart goes through a season where God works on it to make it better and better and better. And this is something we want to talk about tonight. And then I'm going to leave a lot of time for questions. So I'm just going to skip through this. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we talk about healing of your heart, that is healing means to restore to an original state. Some people may say, but yes, but I've got a good heart. My faith pretty much works. So you know what? I can switch off now. Not the case. Because this is what Jesus says about someone that has a good heart because God wants it to produce 30. And if it's at 30, he wants to, it to move to 60. And if it's at 60, he wants it to move to 100. God never rests on his laurels. He wants to bless you and bless you and bless you. So please keep that in mind. So let's have a look at, so please, let's look at what Jesus said about a good heart and what God does to a heart not one that's resisting him, not one that is caught up in anything. This is a good heart. Turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 15. And I'll start at verse 1, and I'm going to read to verse 8. John 15, and I will read from verse 1. I'm going to read to verse 8. And I'm going to switch, ladies and gentlemen, to the King James Version of the Bible. John 1 verses, John 15 verses 1 to 8, just so we're clear. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. That means the, the gardener, the owner of the garden. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse three, now, are you, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse four, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Verse five, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Verse six, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you, done unto you. Benefit number one. Benefit number two, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus 
is effectively speaking about the process of the word and the heart. We see that from what we looked at. We realize that the aim is bearing fruit. Notice what the Lord does to a good heart. He said the heart that bears fruit, what does God do? The, the old English word in John 15 too is purgeth. Purgeth means to clean away. Now, if you're a gardener, you realize that when a plant gets slightly older, the far extensions or the branches, sometimes they stop bearing fruit. And it's not that the tree is dead or it's not. So the gardener takes away the, the, the leaves or the branches that have died and the whole tree keeps bearing fruit. So when the Lord realizes that you have a good heart, he works on it. He prunes it and he works on it so that it brings forth more fruit. He expands the capacity of your heart so that if, that's, if you start out at 30, it moves to 60, from 60 to a hundredfold. So God is constantly working on you. So it's not that, oh, well, my faith works. I got what I asked for, or I'm okay with the Lord and I can stop there. No, it's a journey because ladies and gentlemen, we're going to look at that journey. So let's look at two things. The first two things we want to look at is the pruning part. And pruning is not fun for the plant. Um, pruning is not fun for the plant. Not at all. It's not. Um, pruning isn't fun for the plant, but it is necessary. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize um, is the Lord works on your heart, even if it is a good heart. And yes, there it is. First things first, let's have a look at what the Bible says in Romans 2, verse 28. So this is how God prunes. Romans 2, verse 28. And so when God prunes your heart or works on your heart, what's he doing? He's doing you a favor so he can bring more things into your world. And the Bible says... Um, Romans 2, I'll read from 28 to 29. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Verse 29. But he is a Jew or someone who is devout, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. So what does God do? The first thing he does is he circumcises. Now, when we say circum circumcision, um, it means God takes away that which is unnecessary, allowing for the rest of the heart to function. And this is what you find in pruning. A gardener basically cuts away that which is not necessary, is not detrimental to the heart, and he does it to the fruitful plant so that it can bear more fruit. So he takes away that which is not necessary. And the Bible says 
God will circumcise your heart. So he will literally ensure that your heart, that which is not necessary or that which gets in, it would get in the way of you moving from, let's say, 30 to 60 or 60 to 100 fold, the Lord will take away. And so this is something that Jesus, Jesus also said it. He said in John 15, 3, now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. As you constantly believe the word of God, as you read, meditate, um, read, study, meditate, confess, and act on, the word will work systematically on your heart. This was beautifully spoken about on Sunday. Great sermon. You really need to listen to both sermons. Sunday was absolutely special. And it works on your heart. So while you're believing God, while you're confessing, you're praising, even if you haven't got what you've asked for, the word is working on your heart the same way that you work on your muscles in a gym. And you realize Jesus said it cleanses. Um, it cleanses. It cleanses and cleanses and cleanses. And so I want you to keep that in mind. So the word of God will cleanse it will take away any impurities allowing you to believe god at greater levels and i'll give you an example um let me use the example of um let me use the example of healing the first time i experienced healing um when i became a christian i discovered what the bible said in isaiah 53 reading from verses four to five, I discovered that the Bible says that um, for, he, I, I will read it for, actually I'll read it so that I have accuracy. I can quote it, but I'll read it. Isaiah 53, and I'm going to read from four to five. I discovered that this was true. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I discovered um, that to be true. And so what we used to do in the fellowship was when anybody was ill, we would, it would be like a race that who can lay hands first. And it was amazing. I saw headaches healed, you know, um, fevers go um, malaria heal it was quite remarkable as i continued as a christian then i got ill and it was a challenge and it, it didn't go quickly so i had prayed you know once or twice but this one i really it was a battle i happened to have typhoid i was away from where i could get medical care and i had to hold on to this scripture and i knew that it was this one was a life or death battle and i basically confessed this scripture for one particular day for about six or seven hours and my fever broke at the end of it so my faith went from i can lay hands on someone and they, and they can be healed and now i can believe god and he literally took away a life-threatening illness so my faith increased then as time went on i'll give you two examples um one of my family was was very ill, very ill. Um, my wife was extremely ill. And I remember that particular day. I won't give you all the details. I'll just 
was a really, it was life or death. Now this was somebody else. And this was someone else relying on me believing God. And that, that took it to another level. And I laid hands, I, I stood on this scripture, laid hands, prayed, and the Lord was kind enough to heal. And my wife is still here. We're grateful to the almighty God. Then it went to a different level. I think I've told this story before. I was walking on a corridor and it was Pastor Marceline found me and she said, this young lady has a problem. I looked at her, wonderful young lady, looking completely normal. He said, oh, she would like to talk to a pastor. I said, fine, hello. And she, I said, what's the problem? And she says, oh, I've just come from, I've got, come from the hospital. They've done an MRI and I have a tumor in my head. And they think it is cancer can you pray i <laughs> took a deep breath and i and i love this is where um, it's amazing how your faith goes to different levels took a deep breath and i didn't really have i just literally put my hands out laid my hands on it and prayed this scripture i prayed the one found in james 5 verse uh, 15 and 16 and i prayed in the name of jesus and left it about nine weeks later, this young lady comes bounding down the corridor. Oh, hello, pastor. Oh, I forgot to mention. The lump was benign, and she's absolutely fine till today. And I realize my faith went to another level. And so what am I telling you, ladies and gentlemen? 30, 60, 100-fold. It's not that, and please... I, I'm, I'm not, I'm using myself because I was there, not because, and you realize this to be true. And this is what the Lord is saying about a good heart. The Lord prunes. So the Lord worked on my heart. The Lord allowed me to meditate, study, allowed me to learn, allowed me to confront different circumstances. And my faith grew in that process. And that's how God prunes your heart. And so when Jesus says the Lord, the Lord prunes, he prunes. He makes your heart clearer. Now, let's go on to something else he says. He said, notice, the desire in all the four types of heart is that fruit comes out, which is the harvest. And this is where I'll run through what this is. And we see this in John 15 as well, that Jesus said, Verse eight, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. When we speak of fruit, when we speak of bearing fruit, and this is why your heart is so important. And I just want to say this tonight. I'm sure there'll be other times where we can really break this down. But the outcome of the word of God arriving in your heart is fruit. But let's look at what fruit is. And that will basically wrap up what tonight's study about a good heart. And it's this. So turning your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to Genesis 1 verse 28. Genesis 1, verse 28. I'll go there as well.
The Bible says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Notice what the Bible said. The Bible says, and God blessed them and God said unto them, the first thing he said is be fruitful. What does he mean to be fruitful? When the word finds a place in your heart, the Lord describes the word as a seed. A seed doesn't remain a seed if it is fruitful. It goes through a process. So what is the process? So what in this case could we call fruit? Turning your Bibles, please. I will put it into the chat. Matthew, um, let, me, let me get the scripture right, yes, Matthew 12, and I'm going to read from verse, Matthew 12, and I'm going to read from verse 34. Matthew 12, 34 says the following, Jesus is speaking. And he says, old generation of vipers, that's not talking to you. He's talking to the Pharisees who don't believe him. But there's a truth he's bringing out. He says, old generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the Bible says, when we're talking about fruit, when you have a good heart, that means the word goes all the way to bear fruit. What is God expecting? He's expecting you to say what he's saying, which allows change to come into your world. So when we talk about fruit, we're talking about words. So let me keep going in Matthew 12. I'll stop at verse 37. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And, it, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Let's understand what your heart is meant to do. Jesus said, when a good man brings treasure out of his heart, he does what? He speaks. So we realize when Jesus says, bear fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold, he's expecting you and I to speak God's word with the same authority and confidence that he has in his word. He calls that faith. The results are that mountains, using a famous verse, move. But let's keep looking at that. Let, let's, under, let's, get this, um, let's get this nice and clear. So turn with me, ladies and gentlemen, to Hebrews 13 verse 15. Um, just before I say that, 
let me throw this in for those of you that are Bible study students. The way a theological doctrine is founded is if you can find a reference, a clear reference, where God says or does something in the Old Testament, says or does something in the New Testament, says or does something in the letters, you realize you are confident enough to say this is God's plan. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. So you are confident enough to say this is God's intentional plan concerning this. So we realize in the Old Testament, God speaks of fruit coming out of our heart. The New Testament, God speaks of fruit. Jesus says so. We also find it in the letters where the Holy Spirit ministers to and through um, the writers of the letters, and it says the same thing. So this is how you can be confident to say, this is God's intention, and this is what God wants to say. So let me wrap this up. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So ladies and gentlemen, when the outcome that God is expecting when he puts the word in your heart is that you will now be able to speak to the circumstances, situations, challenges that you face on a daily basis, whichever one. And what I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, is that as you speak, the Bible says, God will then make the miraculous happen. So when God wants to solve a problem for you, he sends his word to your heart, expecting that it goes through the processes, becomes a harvest of words, allowing him to fulfill what he promises. That's why you have to get to a point where you are speaking God's word over your life, a word that you have come to believe. So this is something that I'm, this is what I want you to realize. And for a good heart, the Lord will work on a good heart so that that happens repetitively. It's not a one time arrive there forever. No, it is something that God really builds up. God really wants to work on. And it's got something that God works on. So let me use one more scripture. Then I'll, I will actually stop and I'll take questions. If you have any questions, pop them into the chat. If you start thinking about the questions now, please put them into the chat. Last, um, last verse on this, Proverbs 18, 20, and I'm going to read from 20 to 21. I will put that into the chat so I'm clear. Proverbs 18, and I'm going to read from 20 to 21. And the Bible says the following. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand, the reason your heart is so important 
is it drives the function of speech, which is the, and you are the only other creature in the universe, apart from God Almighty, that has the right to speak God's word and things happen in this realm. And so I want you to understand this is how important your heart is. Because if your heart is good and you are processing the word, you are hearing, you are receiving, you are allowing the word to bear fruit, you are building your habits on the word, you are reading, studying, meditating, confessing and acting on the word. The Bible says the outcome is that life and life more abundant. And what is God expecting? You will be able to say to a circumstance or situation what God says, and he will be able to back you up. Um, so while I'm waiting for your questions, and I, and I will take as many questions as I can tonight, I'll read one more scripture that says that, and it's, it's the famous one, Mark 11, 22 to 24. Mark 11, 22 to 24, and this is this is this sums up everything that we've said for this evening, and, and I will stop here. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Notice the heart is critical, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And then the Bible says the following, verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So ladies and gentlemen, what am I saying? And this is, so I'll take questions from here. This is why the Lord is so focused on healing your heart because the function of faith is rooted in your heart so if your heart is full of god as we've not we haven't spoken about tonight if your heart is full of the word of god when you speak when it bears fruit that means you will begin to say what's in your heart because you've come to believe it the bible says mountains will move. And I pray for anybody who is believing God tonight, and I join my faith with yours, that if you're believing God for a mountain, I hope that this, um, so this will really help. So let me take the first question. Um, every time you say heart. Okay, great question. Now, When we say heart, so when we say heart, this is the question. So I just want to confirm. So every time you say heart, I should think you mean mind, will, emotions. Pause for a moment. Come with me. Great question. Come with me to Matthew 22. And I'm going to read from 37. So this is what Jesus says on the subject. And this really helps because we will look at the different references really quickly. The Bible says the following, 
Jesus said unto him, this is the first and the great commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now, the heart is the part of you that believes. Your soul and your mind are part of the process. They have differing functions, but they are part of the process. So your soul is what you decide with. That's where your will, your emotions, and your intellect sit. Your heart is what you believe with. Your soul is what you decide and take actions with. Your mind, ladies and gentlemen, your mind is different. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. So this is now thinking. So although the Bible uses the word heart, it's focusing on the function of the mind. And it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So let's look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 3, so that you realize, although they are three distinct functions, they're wrapped up in one term. And the term in Ephesians 3, and I'm going to read from, I'll read from 17. I'll read from 16. The Bible said that he will grant you according to the riches of glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's general. Now notice what the Bible then says. The Bible says the following, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, so rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, now your intellect kicks in, with all saints, what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know this love of Christ, now your mind has kicked in, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So you realize, ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful thing about it is this. When we talk about heart, heart, your heart is what you believe with. Yes. But there are your soul and your mind, your heart, soul, and mind all work together, although they have differing functions. So the last thing I'll say is, let me just break this down. It was a very good question. Your mind has three functions. Your mind imagines tomorrow, pictures tomorrow. We call that your imagination. Your mind pictures the past. We call that your memory. And your mind pictures the invisible present. We call that perception. Notice when you believe something, listen to what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is why I said this is a wonderful question. Acts 1, verse 8. So hopefully when you hear the word heart, think of everything within you. Great, great comment. And this is what I want you to say. Um, sorry, Joshua 1, 8. Joshua 1.8, the Bible says the following, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. That is a function of your mind. 
Meditating is where you picture, you mutter or repeat to yourself until a picture forms. So that's what meditation does. You meditate there in day and night. You imagine yourself, you perceive or remember, you recall yourself in the word of God. Then the Bible says that thou mayest observe to do. That means you take an action according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make thy way prosperous and you shall have good success. So as you meditate, read, study, meditate and confess the word, it builds a picture that governs your words and actions that causes your way to become prosperous. Okay. All right. Um, great question. Thank you for that. Okay. Let me grab another one. We have, we have time. Um, no need to apologize. <laughs> um, where is the line, if there is any, between God's will and plan and our faith? For example, where you pray for someone to be healed and really believe it will happen and they are not. Great question. When it comes to, so let's understand, when God gives you his word, he's given you his word and his intention, and your heart believes, and you go through this process, it becomes words, and we're talking about faith. That is a journey you and I go on. You cannot go on that journey for someone else. Now, when it comes to believing God for healing for someone else. There are so many variables. Let's settle something. When God says, I will heal, he means it, and he does. There are some times when you will pray for someone and you will absolutely believe they're going to be healed. Sometimes they're not healed and it's, and people get very confused. Oh, what did I do? Didn't I pray properly? No, 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 it's not the case. Remember, there are many variables that sometimes we don't know about when you pray for someone to be healed. And one of them is that person in the battles faith has to get involved. And so you realize that sometimes there are, there are many things that can happen. Sometimes the Lord may say, this person's time is up. It's not that my word is not right, but I'm going to bring this person home for safety. Sometimes it might be the Lord sees that, you know what, if this person stays, I'll lose them for eternity. I'll bring them home. And so we realize there are many things that sometimes where we, where we will believe God, hold on to the word of God, and we do it every time, even though sometimes, especially when you're believing for another person, there are many variables. And that's where we submit to the sovereignty of God, that God, if I have believed you and I've held on to your word and I've done everything and the person comes home to be with you, as painful as it is, I still will submit to your sovereignty because I know that circumstances do not determine whether or not God is good. So 
even though it does not turn out the way I expect, especially when it comes to someone else, then we still believe that, Lord, you are still good because you're still in control and you're never out of control. And there are things that we will not know until we get to heaven. And so when we're talking about God's will and plan and our faith, when you hold on to a promise and you believe God's word and God gives you an assurance, that's the word. But when it involves another person, there are variables, some of which are out of our control. And so it doesn't mean that God's will or plan or his faith collide, or so it's like God hasn't, that's, this is not God's plan. No, there are other things that God takes into, into, into agreement. And I'll give you an example. The man that came to see Jesus, he and the Lord had walked together for years. And he said, Lord, once I see the Savior, I can go home to be with you. He saw Jesus and he probably went home and quietly went to be with the Lord. His family may have prayed, not knowing that he had an agreement with the Lord that once I see the Savior, my time is done. And so I really, really, um, I really hope that helps that area so we can trust the Lord in that. Very good question. Very, very good question. Okay. Um, all right. I'm, I'm, we are, oh, we're literally at one minute too. And so it's a great question. Thank you. I hope that helps. And I hope that frees someone. Because let's also remember, in every situation we face, God is good. Sometimes we may not understand it. We may not understand it, but eventually we will. Because we'll see the Lord face to face and understand. So this is what you had in mind. This is what you had in mind. Um, so, all right. Um, let's say a prayer. So we're pretty much done. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And so let's say a prayer as we close out. It's one minute to seven. And, and what I want to do is for every single person that is here, I pray very sincerely that wherever your heart is, whether it's in one of the four states or one of the six or seven that we listed or many of the others that you hear, please remember there is always hope. God says, if it's broken beyond repair, I'll replace it. If it needs healing, I will heal it. If it needs strengthening, I will strengthen it. If it needs cleansing, I'll cleanse it. If it needs freeing, I will free it. And I will keep it that way as you walk with me. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I join my faith with yours tonight. And I believe with you tonight, not only should God heal your heart, fill your heart with his spirit and let the work of the Lord take over. Let the Lord fill your heart with himself. But I also join my faith with yours. If you're believing God for a miracle, then I believe with you tonight that whatever you're asking God for, may the Lord grant it to you. May God's will and intention for your life become a reality. 
Ladies and gentlemen, God will bless you. Have a wonderful week. Don't miss Sunday. Let's stay with this series and let the Lord do some amazing things. Have a wonderful night, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you.